Hello and welcome to the Live Full Podcast. My name is Joey Schwartz and this show is all about helping you pursue word and spirit for everyday life. In this episode, we're starting a new series called Decision Making in the Spirit. In this episode, we're talking about why decisions are an opportunity to draw closer to the spirit. That's where we're going. Let's get started. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Live Full. My name is Joey Schwartz and have Cassidy Bonar with me. We are teachers with Live Full Ministries. Everything we do is to help you pursue word and spirit for everyday life. Live Full is all about the conviction that Jesus wants you to not only go deep in the word, he wants you to feast on the word, savor the word, meditate on God's word day and night, yes. And in belief in the scriptures, he wants you to earnestly desire all that is yours in the Holy Spirit, a deeper walk with the spirit. And that's what this series is going to be about. We're focusing on decision making. And I think in when it comes to decisions, it's often uh, a topic that I know when I was in college ministry, it came up all the time. Uh, when college students were coming to graduation, like, when do I, uh, how do I discern what job I should take? How do I discern where I should move? How do I discern who I should marry? In our walk with Jesus, it feels like these pivotal points of decision making in the big things and also in smaller things. Like, I had this commitment this afternoon. Should I go to it? I feel like I should you know, stay here. I don't know. How do I discern in these even everyday moments? The big things in the small, they can be moments, I think, that often bring stress and burden to our walk with Jesus rather than what we're going to argue and try to urge you, brothers and sisters, to see from scriptures is that every decision is an opportunity to draw closer to God, that you don't have to just kind of go with it, go with your gut and whatever you think is best in the situation. You also don't have to be in this position of, in anguish wrestling over, man, am I making the wrong decision? Am I going down the you know the right side and really the best life was down the left side and I made the wrong decision and now everything is going to be ruined? Almost between this paralysis of I don't know what to do and this presumption of, hey, I'm, I know what to do and I'm, I'm going to go after it, that there is a, a center, there's a better, a better center from Scripture of following the Holy Spirit through all of life, including our decisions in Scripture. To start us off, Cassidy, I thought it'd be helpful for us both to think about a decision that we've walked with Jesus through and maybe even how we wrestled a little bit with those uh, competing or uh, I guess opposite ends of the spectrum of presumption of, all right, should I just go with my gut or this paralysis of, man, I really don't want to make the wrong decision. Talk to us about a decision that the Lord Mm -hmm. led you through and, and what it was like to follow him through it. I definitely... I definitely can name many, many moments in my life where I fell into the presumption versus paralysis in decision making. And God has been so gracious to show me he's, he's given me his Holy Spirit as a as a guide, as a counselor. And he really showed me that through it showed me what does it mean to make decisions in the Holy Spirit by giving me an opportunity, a specific opportunity to, to seek his face, to seek his voice, um, and to experience he really does speak specifically to his children. And it was a time, uh, I got engaged in 
2019. So my husband, Alex, he proposed the fall of 2019. And I remember being so excited, like I get to get married. I get to, this is going to be so fun. I get to be a wife and all these Mm things. And then I, I remember that happening and it being this really joyful moment. And then it was a couple of days later, I, re- I can rem- still remember it. Just I was sitting outside on the deck of the house I was living in and I was sitting outside to plan for, okay, I, now I have to plan this whole wedding. And it was like the excitement had just left me and I felt this weight of I have to plan this big event mm-hmm. for all these people. I don't want to do that. That that stresses me out or mm-hmm. I don't even know where to begin on wedding planning and that's just not my thing and and I was sitting there and the spirit he graciously started speaking to me and drawing me into this is something you get to do with the Lord. Yeah. And I almost when he was speaking that to me felt silly of like does the Lord actually care about wedding planning like what napkins I get, the centerpiece, all the things that come with wedding planning, the Pinterest boards, does he actually, is this something God actually wants to walk with me in? And the spirit was just speaking to me and graciously was guiding me to, even the verses were coming to my, my mind of cast your anxieties on me because I care for you. And this was an anxiety I had and I started to cast it on the Lord and started to hear him say, I, I care about you. And because I care mm-hmm. about you, I care about this. This is something in your life that is bringing you anxiety and I care about this because I care about you and I care about you because I, I love you. Mm. And the Lord started bringing me into that and I was sitting on the deck and the first thing I had to plan or before you can even plan a wedding, it's you have to plan the date. You have to Mm -hmm. get the date. And I remember sitting there and feeling that anxiety of, okay, well, when should Alex and I get married? There's this going on this month. There's all these moving pieces were going on in my mind of, well, when would be the best time because of all these different life events that were going on. And, and then again, the spirit, was just drawing me in because this is not of my flesh, right? Mm -hmm. Like my flesh just wants to run ahead of the Lord and say, this is mine. And I'll just, I'll just figure this out on my own. And I felt the Lord leading me to ask him, God, what day do you, do you desire for me to get married? Lord, what day? So I, I pray and I said, Lord, will you tell me what day I should get married? And he, he just spoke to me right then. It was an instant, just April 4th came into my mind. And I remember, cause again, this was back in September of 2019 and I'm not great at planning ahead. I don't even know what days are on the calendar. So I remember pulling out a calendar being like, okay, what if April 4th is like a Tuesday Yeah, yeah. and that'll be interesting, God. But, it, and I pulled it out and it was a Saturday mm. and I just remember thinking and just feeling this affirmation in the Lord of yet, yeah, like this is, this is the day. And I, I share that because I, the Lord told me the day and he didn't just purpose to, to tell me the day I was going to get married. He purposed so much more for me. That is a time in my life where I experienced the presence of God in a way where it wasn't just known to me, but the tangible felt experience of God was just carrying Mm -hmm. me because 
long story short, um, April 4th is when my husband and I got married in 2020 and COVID had just hit. So everything I planned for the wedding completely went away. None of it happened, but the Lord, he, he just planned something so much better and so much more beautiful. And it was so worshipful just watching all these other things fall away, but the Lord remain and the Lord prepared a day for us that was filled with so much joy in his presence. And both my husband and I were led to worship when it ended up being um, 10 people in my parents' front yard. <laughs> and the only thing I had to get for the wedding was a portage on. Like I, all my other plans went out, like went out the window and this big thing we had planned turned into something else that was so much more beautiful because the Lord, he just, wa- he walked with me every single step of the yeah. way. And there were so many obstacles that came, but the Lord's voice continually guided me. And, and I just like experienced this intimacy with the Lord. If he has written every single one of my days in a book, he knew this was coming and he desired me to get married at the beginning of a pandemic that I may experience just intimacy with him and experience parts of his character that I hadn't yet known or or was brought into the depths of. And I could just say so many things. And I just, I look back to that continually and just rejoice over Mm -hmm. the Lord speaks and, and he shows himself and he showed himself to be faithful in, in so many ways and walked close closer with me than anyone else in my life Mm. at that time. Yeah. The, the two things I'll share a story from, from my walk with Jesus soon uh, in a bit, but the two things I see from that is there's a couple of convictions you had going into that decision that I think changed something that a lot of people could hear that and think that sounds really like seems sounds almost too mundane for God to speak into your date, the date that you're going to end up getting married. But there's two things that you were convinced uh, by from your walk with Jesus that guided your approach in, this, in you seeking the Lord and saying, God, would you speak to me over this? The first is that God cared. He actually cared. Like he cared about the details of your life. And the second is that not only did God care, but he was able to speak into the matter. God cares and God speaks. And it's uh an unbelief over those two convictions that leads into the two errors when it comes to decision-making. So we, we mentioned this in the beginning of the episode, but the first would be presumption. And presumption is the error of going essentially with what with your gut and uh, just presuming that, hey, I'm just going to make a decision and almost this like, because I belong to Jesus, because the big things are covered, like my salvation and I'm filled with the spirit and God loves me. All these other things, like I'm good to go. God, God mainly just cares about my salvation and that I'm not disobeying anything explicitly in scripture. Like if it's not inherently sinful, God doesn't really care. There's just freedom. And it's that presumption that actually it, it makes us miss out on God's specific love 
for us in the midst of these decisions. And it also comes, we'll, we'll get into this as uh, throughout the series, but it comes from, I think, a, an error in how we're viewing God, that God is so lofty and he's so high um, and he's so like distinct from us that he doesn't almost condescend to care about our wedding date and um, the names of our children and where we're going to move and what job we're going to take. He doesn't care about the the little details. And the reality is like God is so high and so holy and his love actually is so perfect and heavenly that he does care about the l- tiniest little details. Like you quoted Psalm 139 in your book are written every one of them, the days that are formed for me when as yet there were none of mm-hmm. them. Uh, the second thing you believe is that God still speaks that not only did God care, but he was able to communicate to you something about the matter. And uh, that, that brings me to first Thessalonians five where uh, Paul is is writing and he says, rejoice in the Lord always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. And then he says, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything, test everything, uh, uh, hold fast to what is good. And then he says, abstain from every form of evil. So what is laid out in First Thessalonians 5 is what is God's, a lot of times when it comes to decision making, we're asking, what is God's will for me? Mm-hmm. And we see in First Thessalonians 5, First uh, Thessalonians 4, Paul says, this is the, the will of God is your sanctification. And that's true, that you would be holy, that you'd be set apart for God. Yes, that you would not disobey anything explicitly spoken mm-hmm. already by God in his scriptures. And also, First Thessalonians 5 says that as a part of you being set apart for God, God wants to talk to you all the time. Mm-hmm. He wants to speak to you all the time. He says, pray without ceasing. That's the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And as a part of this constant communication, it says, pray without ceasing. That's the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And then right after that, it says, do not despise prophecies. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. That God wants to talk to us all the time. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of talking to him all the time, we should not write off the whisper of the spirit, the prophetic voice of the spirit who speaks into the details of our life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we believe that God cares and that he still Mm -hmm. speaks. And that's uh, the conviction that God speaks breaks our paralysis when it comes to decision-making because it's either often the the choices are either God, uh, God only cares about you obeying the precepts and commands of his word. And then outside of that, you know, just go for it. You're good to do whatever mm-hmm. as long as it's not inherently sinful. That's the presumption. Or it's, whoa, oh man, God cares? All right, I do not I do not want to make the wrong decision. And how do I know if I should you know, move here or take that job? And it feels paralyzing. That paralysis is based on the wrong belief that God is. God's voice is fuzzy, mm-hmm. that God, we can't actually really hear God's voice clearly, that mm-hmm. God has a desire for you in that decision, but you're really not, you're not going to be able to discern it. Mm-hmm. But no, 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 God, he cares and he really does speak. found that in uh, a, a big decision that me and my wife had that brought us into Charlotte, brought us into uh, having our daughter in Charlotte and then live full starting a couple years later. I mean, it was, it was the first of really key decisions that the Lord brought us through that really changed a lot about our lives. 
But what it started with was uh, I was working for a college ministry that I loved and still love. Uh, and there was the opportunity to, after I'd finished my term in the college ministry, there was the opportunity to stay on with that same college ministry. This was around, uh, this was with our best friends. It was an amazing opportunity just to be able to stay close to the community where we were and everything we knew. It was around where Kelly and I went to college. But what ch- what changed everything about that decision, and then uh, because of that, what changed everything about our lives after, is that instead of just doing like a pros and cons chart, instead of going immediately to, well, let me ask a bunch of people who are wise and can give me some good advice on this. Instead of kind of thinking about the practical implications about this decision or that decision, we decided to ask God. We decided just to ask a God. And when you look at the Old Testament, this is the difference. We got into this in the last series when we talked about being after God's heart. But this was one of the key differences between the the righteous kings set after David and the evil kings set after like Jeroboam um, is what did David do that Saul did not do? He inquired of mm-hmm. God. Should I go up to this war or should I not? Are they going to give me over God or should I go ahead and get away from them because they're about to hand me over? He's constantly talking to God and asking God for God's opinion. And it was based on the belief God, God cares, God speaks. And it was also based on this fear of God that if God cares and God speaks, I don't want to dishonor God Mm -hmm. by grieving the spirit, quenching the spirit and believing that he is a God who can't speak. So David feared God. So we decided just to ask, and what we did, it was really simple. We uh, decided to spend a morning fasting and praying. When I look back on that, I'm like, I so wish the story was like, we fasted for like 21 days, no water, no food. Like, um, It was like a morning of <laughs> skipping breakfast, so it's it doesn't sound that impressive at all. But we skipped breakfast, but Kelly and I, uh, we, we wanted to in some ways like test the spirits, like test prophecy. And we decided to spend the first part of our day in separate rooms without talking it out with one another. We wanted to start by talking with God alone. And then we were going to come together for lunch and talk about what he gave us and see, okay, maybe he's going to speak the same thing to us and we're going to come back together and he's going to give discernment. And praise God in this situation, like that's exactly what happened. Kelly and I went to other rooms. We came back and God had led us to the exact same verse. Mm. I think it was in John 16, if I remember rightly, but he brought us to the exact same verse and out of that verse gave us the exact same desire. I feel like he's calling us to Charlotte. I think he's calling us to take a step of faith out from where we are. And God used that moment, I think to seal in our hearts. I care, I speak. And if you will fear me, if you will fear me and listen to what I say, I'm going to have something to speak to you. Um, it makes me think of Psalm 25. In Psalm 25, uh, if you are someone who reads the ESV, I also read the ESV, but I think the ESV translation in this case has kind of led me astray. I love I love the, the ESV. It's such a solid translation. But in this case, the, the, um, the, the translation doesn't, it, doesn't, it didn't lead me astray. That's pro- probably harsh. It probably just didn't give some of the sweetness behind uh, this verse. So Psalm, um, what Psalm did I say I was going 25. to? 25. Thanks, Cassidy. Oh, you know what's hilarious? I'm going to have to borrow your Bible because Whitson, so my son Whitson ripped out one page of the Bible and it was Psalm 25. You can read it, verse 14. 
I was like, out of all the pages, he I guess no page would have been good, but Psalm 25 is like such a great psalm, and he ripped out that one page. <laughs> and this is the Bible I'm going to give him when he's 18. So I'm like, bro, you're you're going to be missing a page from your own Bible. <laughs> psalm 25, verse 14, I think it is. Psalm 25, 14 says, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. So it's the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant. And you might be asking like, what does this have to do with decision-making? Well, that's exactly it. The Hebrew, that word friendship in the Hebrew, I think the, the pronunciation of the Hebrew is it's S-O-D is the transliteration. It's sowed, sowed. And a, a more, a better translation of it would be like secret counsel. The secret counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him. And literally the Hebrew word in, it, in its most like basic form, it means couch, mm. like sitting on a couch. And the, the, the um, implication of meaning is the, the one who is able to sit on the couch with God and get in on his secret counsel or his secret plans the one who is able to have, and, and that's where ESV gets friendship from, this, this intimate knowledge of God's dealings. But it, it literally means like secret counsel of the Lord. And in fact, in Amos, one of, the, one of my favorite verses about God's heart for prophecy, it says, the Lord does nothing without revealing his secrets to his prophets. The Lord does nothing without revealing his secrets to his prophets. That word secrets is sowed. It's a sitting on the couch, this intimacy with God. But I love in Psalm 25, what, what's drawn out there, the secret counsel, the one who gets to hear God's secrets, the one who gets to be in on God's plans, not just believe that God cares, but it's hidden from me and I'll find out someday in heaven, but we get to actually get in on God's mm -hmm. secrets here and now. Mm -hmm. Who is that for? It's for the one who fears him. Mm. And that's what, I think that's one of the deepest burdens we have in this series is we're going to cover is there is a, there's a fear of God. There's a fear of God that's missing if we're going through our lives and we think that God only cares about the big decisions. He only cares about this section of my life, but everything else, you know, I'm good to go out on my own. No, the fear of the Lord makes us with joy come before God and say, no, no, Lord, I want to ask you first, do you have anything to say on this matter? Do you have, do you have anything you want to give me here? The fear of the Lord, that's where we get his secret counsel from. Mm, that's so good. It, it makes me think about too how something is always going to guide the decisions we make. There's always going to be something, whether it's the voice of someone mm. else or fear in our hearts or well this job pays more than this job is it fear of other things or fear of the lord that is mm. guiding your decision it are you as urgent to hear the voice of the lord as you are to listen to the voices of yes. someone else or mm. um something within yourself of well i really want this or i really desire this but to know something in every decision we make that we can think about in our lives something Something is guide. Something will speak into it. Something is guiding it. When when we look back and see all the factors, but are we a people who is who says, you know, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, and yeah. who is in fear of the Lord, and who, I love your story, Joey, about you and Kelly both more than more than you wanted a decision. You just you wanted the Lord. You wanted to be with the Lord, and that comes to you. why we're talking about this of decision-making isn't this, it's not this formula to figure out. And I say that because I, mm. there's so many times in my life where 
it was, I was approaching decision-making as like, God, I just, I just like need an answer. I just want an answer. Just what formula do I need to have? Like, like in math class, like the quadratic formula, you just want, like you just use it to get the answer. Like, and that's not what in decision-making in the spirit, it's we get God and, and seeking more than the, I look back to even, you know, the Lord answering and speaking April 4th, even more than that. I'm like, I got the Lord and I yeah. I knew him more and was brought into his presence. And more than even getting the answer to a decision, we get the presence of the Lord. Yeah. And, and I love all throughout the Psalms, they say, blessed are those who wait on the Lord, wait, like waiting on the Lord, not just not waiting on an answer, not waiting um, on anything else, but, but the Lord and, and, and we'll get into this later on, but what, instead of presumption or paralysis, because the Lord has given his Holy spirit, Mm -hmm. we can walk in freedom in decision-making, knowing the Lord, he does, he does speak and he does care. And because of that, I have freedom to walk and and to be led by a good shepherd that is better than me leading myself. And the Lord says um, that we are his sheep and we will know his voice. He doesn't say, you only know my voice when you sin or you'll only know my voice when this, this, and this happens, or you'll only hear my voice maybe two times in your life. No, you're, you're my lamb. You're my sheep. You will hear, you will hear my voice. And I love, I love Isaiah 40. It, it shows how God is the good shepherd. It says the Lord will tend to his flock mm. like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. He, mm. oh, he's such a good and kind shepherd. And he loves, he loves carrying us in decision in our decision-making and our seeking of him. He's just carrying us and there's freedom and being carried by the Lord because he's good and he loves us and he's perfect and he's kind and, and he wants to carry us and, and he doesn't, he never lets go. Um, he never lets go even as we grow older and we never stop becoming children of, of the Lord. We only become more reliant on our dad, more needy for him. And he loves, he loves to hear our voice. One of my, uh, I have so much to take away from that. But one of the things that I love about our work in Live Full is when we say, you just said bosom instead of bosom, which <laughs> reminds me of when last uh, we were talking about, um, we were talking about last year, the, and I think, what was, what was the word that you had gotten wrong last year in, in the dream series? Uh, in Daniel, where it's talking about the, well, now I know it's Chaldeans, but I said, we said Chaldeans. Which is, when we started recording together, Cassidy, that's when we decided to do one take. And what people didn't get to hear was the first season of the entire podcast when I literally messed up every single like 10 seconds and I would clap in the podcast to like signal to myself when I was editing that I need to go back and edit it. So you saw me do it once and it's like every 10 seconds I would just be like clapping and it was this miserable <laughs> experience and the Lord's brought us into this. Um, yes, he carries us in his bosom <laughs> <laughs> or bosom, you might say. Um, but yeah, I love that. Like God wants to, God wants to carry us like not just in the beginning, like not just in the beginning of our walk with Jesus. And then like Whitson, eventually he's getting too big and old where he's like, all right, it's time. He's going to, there's going to be a point where, all right, it's time to put, put me down dad. And I'm, I'm ready to walk on my own and do this, do, you know, 
do life on my own. And that's where the child and father analogy breaks down in our walk with Jesus. Like God wants to actually, he says the kingdom belongs to children and he wants to carry us not just in the beginning of our lives. And then we get wise and independent on our own and we're able to make decisions. He wants to carry us like Isaiah 40 said, he wants to carry us all the way through our walk with Jesus until the very end. Mm-hmm. And the way, what we're, what we're convinced of in the series, the way that he carries us is through the moment by moment, walking with the Holy Spirit and this friendship with God. That's a, that's what's right in between paralysis and presumption is this freedom mm-hmm. in friendship with the mm-hmm. Spirit. Yeah. Staying close to him through every single decision. And that's where I think it would be a great place to land. Jesus in John 13 it's right in line with what we just said in, in Psalm 25. He says, you call me teacher and Lord. Uh, you call me teacher and Lord for you are right for so I am. And so he says like, first of all, I am your teacher and Lord. But later on in uh, chapter 15, he says uh, in verse 13, greater love has no one than this. He's our Lord. He's our teacher. He's our master. But he also says that someone lay his life down for his friends you are my friends if I do what I command you. And even though he's our, our teacher and our Lord, he also said in verse 15, no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends mm-hmm. for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Do you see how Jesus mm-hmm. defines friendship? He says, I'm calling you friends. Why? Because all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. Mm -hmm. This is what Jesus wants for us, not just being our master. He is our teacher and our Lord, but also being our friend, letting us in on his secrets, letting us in on what his desires are for us. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, what we're going to get into is it doesn't come from us distancing ourselves from him. And then when decisions come freaking out and calling and saying, okay, it's friendship time, Jesus. It's time to let me in on where you want to lead me. No, he leads us through every single moment, Mm -hmm. Galatians 5, walking by the Spirit, Mm -hmm. so that when we come to these major points of decision, it merely just, it's just an overflow of the friendship that we've already been having with Mm -hmm. God. That's Mm -hmm. what God wants for us. Not paralysis, not presumption, but the steady paced walk with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Friendship with the Spirit. That's where we're going Mm -hmm. in the upcoming series. We're going to be talking through a lot of uh, questions, issues around decision-making. What is the role of counsel when it comes to decision-making? What is the role of plans? Like, can we make plans in our decisions? How do we hear the Spirit's voice as we're discerning? What does it look like to to make decisions that are totally free, where we feel the freedom of the Spirit and made in the fear of the Lord by asking Him? So we got a lot to cover in this series. Uh, that's all for this episode. We'll, we'll see you next time.